Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Soul Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Katz. Today, Dara and I are speaking with a woman that we weren't terribly familiar with before she came on the show, aside from the homework that we always do, such good students. But uh, her name is Carly Pierce. Um, many of you are probably much more familiar with her. She is a country phenomenon who has a really inspiring story because she actually has worked her ass off for a lot of years to get to the amazing place that she's in. Um, she had a song called Every Little Thing and an album by the same name come out last year. And uh, it ended up being a huge radio success and has propelled her finally into the place that she's been working so hard to get to for so many years, uh, working hard as a singer-songwriter in Nashville. She's actually from Kentucky, where half of my family's from, so we got to bond over that for a little bit, Bluegrass State. Um, but she's uh, going on tour with Blake Shelton and Thomas Rhett and Rascal Flatts and uh, is is finally soaring off to greater heights, and we're so ha- happy for her. We had a very real, very inspiring conversation with Carly. Just a reminder, guys, please subscribe to Soul Sisters on iTunes if you haven't already, and uh, you can watch all of these episodes filmed on Billboard's YouTube channel as well. So here you go, Carly Pierce on Soul Sisters. Enjoy. Carly Pierce, welcome to Soul Sisters. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I feel like you're dressed appropriately for the weather. It actually feels pretty good today versus the last couple of days. It was pretty uh, chilly yesterday. It's not freezing, but it's damp and that seeps in. Yeah, yeah. and I'm a warm weather girl at heart, so mm-hmm. this is I'm kind of a wimp. Yeah. Warm weather girl, just like you prefer it? Because you didn't grow up with it. I didn't really grow up with it um, in Kentucky, but I definitely prefer it. Yeah. (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. I grew up in Ohio. You grew up not far from the border, right? Yeah. uh Yeah. Okay. I have a lot of family in Kentucky, too, but I think they're deeper in. A little deep. Yeah. A little deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you, like, northern Kentucky, is that, like, southern-ish? Yeah, you right? definitely have the southern. I mean, my grandparents are about as they were as southern as you can get, and yeah. they lived you know ten minutes from Cincinnati. Yeah, but then yeah, yeah. you kind of get the small town vibe. It's a lot like Nashville, in my opinion. Oh yeah, the small town vibe of the southern charm uh-huh. and people who are you know my family is from Eastern Kentucky, and okay. but they reside up in the northern part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you also get you know you're right next to a major city, so you get the city vibe. Right. Yeah. And you use that Cincinnati airport. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's in northern Kentucky. Right. <laughs> that's very confusing. So that's kind of redneck. Dara's from Kent- from Connecticut. 
Yeah, I was like, Kentucky from Connecticut. From Connecticut, yeah. So just trying to paint the picture for her, right? That part of the country. Yeah, yeah. Nashville. I'm I'm more familiar with. Yeah, spent some time there, and that's where you have. Are you? Do you live there now? I've lived there nine years. Nine years. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where you <laughs> move, and you moved it's to home. Tennessee first, though. I to, moved to, to um, Pigeon, Pigeon Forge. Forge. Now that's country. That <laughs> is country, and I want to hear all about your experience at Dollywood. Is that where Dollywood is? That yes. is where yeah. Dollywood is. That is where I went, went there for, for a bachelorette. bachelorette. For Lily's bachelorette. That's oh right. my goodness. That's oh fun. my goodness is right. It is the place yeah. to go. <laughs> we had so much fun there. Oh it's, my God. It's, it's Did you have fun there? Thing. Or were you working too hard? <laughs> I, I was 16. I convinced my parents to let me quit high school and start homeschooling. Because oh yeah. What was that conversation like exactly? Oh, and no. would you recommend it to other <laughs> children? I think you should uh, have your plan of education Uh in your back pocket ready because my dad kind of looked at me like are you insane (laughs) but I had done my research and found a homeschooling program that would get me into college if I did choose to do that even though in my head I was like I'm not doing that Uh, and just went to him and went to my mom and said I want to work at Dollywood you guys know since I was a little girl I've wanted to sing this feels like the natural stepping stone I'm sure it wasn't that you know, articulated. I think I was just like, I want to sing. Yeah. Let me go to Dollywood. Did you get the gig somehow and then decide that? Or were you just, just show up go? at Dollywood? Yeah. <laughs> Be like, here I am. Dream. Yeah. Uh, I had an audition in Cincinnati, but I had this conversation with my parents before I went to the audition because they had to take me because I didn't have my license. So <laughs> I went, auditioned and got the job. It was a country show. I'm sure you've seen all the different dancing. We were on a front porch. Uh, It was called Country Crossroads, and we did six shows a day, five days a week. And my mom, my parents are still married, and I realize all the sacrifices that they made. So they moved there with you? My mom did. My dad didn't. He stayed back in in Kentucky and took care of my grandfather that was sick. And Mm. uh, yeah, it was just my mom and I in a one-bedroom grizzly bear decorated cabin. Wow. It was great. Wow. What was the decision to do that as opposed to I'm ready to make, you know, give a go to music. Let me move to L.A. or let Mm -hmm. me move to New York. I always knew country music was where my heart was. And I always knew that Nashville was where I wanted to go. But Mm -hmm. I think as a 16 year old, I needed something that was tangible at the time. And being employed at Dollywood felt like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is getting me to Tennessee. This is getting me in front of people. This is getting me out of school. Right. And I'm getting paid for it. That makes more logic to me than just saying, I'm going to go move to Nashville. Right. Right. <laughs> totally. And then you were doing, what, six shows a day or something? Five like days that? a week. How yeah. was that? It's a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I do think in a lot of ways, although doing something like that, you're pretty much an impersonator. You know, I mm, sang Taylor yeah. Swift and Carrie Underwood and Sugarland and all these different artists um, mixed with Dolly and some of the classics. And you're... Work ethic, though, doesn't change for when you're on the flip side and you're the artist. Um, I learned a lot about singing sick. I learned a lot about, mm. you know, yeah. somebody in the audience. Mm. That's their first time to see me. And it may be my fourth show and I'm tired of it, but I can't right. show it. Um, right. So yeah. I learned a lot of those kind of things just as a as a young girl. And that was my first job. Wow. wow. So I've never been to Dollywood. What? Where are you performing exactly? What is, is people can just like shuffle in and out and see. So singing? it's. It's, it's an amusement park. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. don't don't think that this is just, you know, like a little pop-up. I mean, Dolly's not playing around. She's right. got roller coasters. <laughs> I mean, some pretty serious ones. Yeah. Um, but it's like an arts and crafts style park. So you go and there's different theaters. There's probably, I think, 
four or five theaters inside of Dollywood. Okay. I was up by the grist mill in the valley and it was a front porch and we oh wow just did shows. I think, you know, it could hold a couple hundred people in that little uh-huh. situation. The craziest thing that we experienced was a an actual hologram of Dolly. Of, oh wow. Yeah. Do, was that there when you were there? No, this was okay. 2007 so okay. we weren't we weren't hologram. We so trippy because it is just like kind of a Also a, a she's normal... alive. I feel like we're we're only supposed yeah. to do that for it was crazy. And it was like a dark room, I guess, cuz that's how holograms work and we're just like walk in and you don't expect it and all of a sudden there's Dolly the hologram. Dolly. Yeah. But because that's because it is crazy. just like an amusement park, a theme park and then there are these places you walk in and it's just like all of her costumes yeah. and her and you know it's so funny. It's a very happy place. It's yeah. kind of totally. like Disney World. Right. Yeah. It's like How often does Dolly drop by? She comes more than you would think. She okay. always makes it a point to meet her performers. Uh-huh. So I met her a couple times while working at the park. Uh, and then she has a above one of the restaurants, she has an all pink even the toilet and the toilet paper, all pink little apartment that she actually hangs out in when she's up there. So she does, she's still very much involved in Sevierville, which is where she's from, which Uh is the city next to Pigeon Forge and with Dollywood. Yeah, Yeah. and that must have been a dream just to meet her. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just stared at her and was just like, hi, Dolly. But I played the Today Show when my album was released Uh in in October and she and I released albums on the same day and she happened to be at the Today Show. So I got to re-meet her Tell her that I started at Dollywood and that I just released my first album. So that was pretty cool. That was a Dolly dream. Yeah. (laughs) Did you think maybe I'll get discovered doing this? I think I thought it was a necessary stepping stone. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, I knew that I a lot of people are still there performing in the same shows as when I was there nine years ago. Mm -hmm. Because you do make a pretty good living and you're kind of a, you know, pigeon forge uh, well-known celebrity right. style. I mean, they do have like their little core fans uh-huh. and things like that. Um, so it's easy and natural to kind of, even though a lot of those people wanted to move to Nashville, they mm-hmm. were like, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, they maybe met their spouse or right. they just got comfortable there. But I always knew that it was something that was going to be very temporary for me. So I spent right. two years there and then was out. Okay. So what what were the means to get to Nashville? I mean, or was it just like, I'm just going to go now. I just went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you know people there? Um, no, okay. I didn't. I remember one of the first nights I was there thinking to myself, okay, this is not what Dollywood or Pigeon Forge is. This is like thousands of people doing exactly what I do. And uh-huh. at that point, I had been so... Uh, I had, I wrote songs as a kid and wrote poems and things like that. But when I worked at Dollywood, I was just an impersonator. So I hadn't really exercised my Carly Pierce mode. I was in a show. So it was almost a different way of performing. Yeah. So it was um, an interesting transition that first probably six months for me. Uh-huh. Were your ambitions at that time to be a songwriter, singer-songwriter, or just a singer? Singer-songwriter. Okay. I, I definitely wanted to write my songs, but be the artist. I never had an aspiration of just going to Nashville to write songs for other artists. Mm-hmm. Selfish. Did that become a, <laughs> did that become part of the path though? Just because that's so how it is, or was it you were able to carve out your own singer, you know, path from the beginning? I think uh, when Taylor Swift. I mean, obviously, I think plenty of artists. You look at Reba. You look at Faith Hill. You look at Trisha Yearwood. Those are the women that I love 
so much and feel like I align myself with creatively. Um, they didn't write their songs. And if they did, yeah. they wrote very few. They mm-hmm. just picked great songs. Yep. For me, I feel like Taylor Swift kind of changed the game for artists in Nashville. And there was kind of this expectation that you need to be able to write your music. And mm-hmm. the older I, the older that I got, the more I felt like I connected with my own music. And mm-hmm. I think that's a natural thing. So um, it, I moved to Nashville knowing and wanting to be a songwriter. Had you studied music at all? Mm-mm. Okay. No. It's so just wh- Dollywood. Wh- <laughs> I mean, that's Dolly. the best education. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, what was your songwriting process in those days? I wrote a lot by myself at uh-huh. first. Um, it's an interesting community. You kind of figure out the hubs where people are hanging out. Um, what does that mean? Like coffee shops, bars? Places like uh, a place called The Listening Room. Uh-huh. Uh, the Bluebird, right. where you would go see, you know, I remember going to see a, a songwriter, Barry Dean, who's written tons of hits for different artists uh-huh. and uh, just going up and meeting him. But then you you see other young people and you introduce yourself and yeah. it kind of just you find your click, yeah. I guess, or your circle. Sure. And when I first moved there, I was um, playing in a hotel bar with my round they call them writers rounds Uh but my kind of class that I came up with and who I was sitting with were um Casey Musgraves me and Brothers Osborne who just won their second I think duo of the year award um but that was kind of my class that was just like a de facto like you guys just hung out and we were buddies and hung out and uh just played in this hotel indigo was what it was called and Uh we would play there um just on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, a lot. Yeah. And that was kind of where we all went. And slowly, you know, you just continue to meet people like that. Uh-huh. Were you guys collaborating on stuff together? Or you were just each doing your own thing in the same spaces? We were doing our own thing, but we all sang on each other's stuff yeah. when we were in the round. And it felt very much like family. You know, right. We, we were all such fans of each other, which is, I think, if you would ask any artist in Nashville, they would tell you, you know, who's your class and huh. each, everybody kind of has like their circle of people and it's fun to watch each one kind of figure out what they're going to do and get their break. That's yeah. cool that it's referred to that way. Yeah. I never heard that. Yeah. But can that, uh, go the other way and feel yeah. kind of competitive and like you each have your little team. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. And then if somebody, I mean, yeah, it's hard to watch your peer. Kelsey Ballerini is another dear friend uh. that I met along the way. And, uh, you know, watching mm-hmm. Casey and Kelsey soar right. and myself, I, I I got a record deal in 2012 mm-hmm. um, and my a person got let go from the label at, at Sony. And so I almost got it. It was kind of like touching the water mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. getting my hand pulled. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I went back to cleaning Airbnbs and nannying and working retail while my friends were just you know getting everything yeah. that I wanted and yeah. yeah I mean I think in it's a natural a natural human right. reaction yeah, totally. it is like being in such a sort of like intimate group it feels like almost like there's a certain number of slots for people to move forward whereas I feel like right. in other genres and other even cities, cities yeah, yeah it's not so much that kind of like one to one feel where yeah if my friend my friend gets it, then it's going to be tougher for me. me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, when we all moved to Nashville, females were not really um, 
embraced mm-hmm. the way that male artists were in mm-hmm. Nashville. So for every one slot that came up for a female, there were probably 10 to 15 guys on the radio. So it was kind yeah. of, um, you, you didn't have a lot of great uh, shots when it came to yeah. just being a girl. Do you feel like that's gotten better? I do. I think because of people like Casey and Kelsey, I think it's been yeah. a... Um, kind of a little bit of a domino effect of, mm-hmm. you know, Casey pushed it open, then Kelsey kicked it a little harder, mm-hmm. then Marin pushed it, and right. hopefully now I'm pushing it a little harder. Totally. It's, uh, I feel like it's a really exciting time for females. Do yeah. you think that has anything to do with a shift in who's, like, the gatekeepers at this time, or is it still the same dudes? And I mean, it's the same, you know, I spent the majority of last year on, on a radio tour and mm-hmm. meeting all these PDs and... Um, radio execs Mm -hmm. and a lot of them I mean yeah they all jump around to different markets but they've been in the business for a really long time but I do think that they're they're seeing the reactions out of media or out of things like CMT creating the next woman of country movement Mm -hmm. seeing Kelsey and Marin and Casey carve out these massive careers that you know they're Mm -hmm. they're showing I mean basically it comes down to women showing they can be profitable to other people and that's only a product of them being allowed to show that they're profitable. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, they've always yes. been it's able to be profitable. Chicken or the egg, so, I right. guess, to a certain extent. Right. I mean, there's definitely people, obviously, that are believing but, early on to take on a right. woman and, and believe that women want to hear women on the radio and yeah. that women... And men want to hear women on the radio. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I see them singing my songs. Exactly. Like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so when, yeah, you, go ahead. When you're like... I guess 2021 or whatever it is and and this Sony deal comes falls through are you like do you, are you playing out at all or are you trying to make a living off of music as well as you know clean Airbnbs or are you saying <laughs> like I just got to focus like how did what was the life at the time yeah <laughs> I'm literally like cleaning toilets by day driving a van overnight to play a show being the tour manager of my band wow. while my band sleeps in the car uh my drummer, who is now my drummer and my tour manager, he's been with me for over five years. And I mean, he and I, I can't even tell you how many shows we went, met, put the trailer on the back of the 15 passenger van and we're just rolling through the middle of the night and he's trying to stay awake with me while the rest of the bands passed out. And uh, it's it a grind. It yeah. is a grind. <laughs> it's a grind. I never waited for somebody else to do that for me. I just tried to take every single opportunity. And it's honestly how I approach my career now, Mm -hmm. saying yes to whatever I feel like is going to connect. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
jackpots. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get to the point of giving yourself a timeline? Like, if this doesn't change in five years. Yeah, and then I would get to that. You push it down the road, yeah. Not ready to do it. I mean, I looked, if if you read in my liner notes of my album, Mm -hmm. I thank my best friend from the Northern Kentucky area, and I say, uh, thank you for not letting me move home when I started looking at apartments mm. because she cried and she said, you, I'm not going to let you move home even though I want you to move Aww. home. So, I mean, I, it That's got to that point. For yeah. Me yeah. A few times, but yeah. it's like when you're wired to do something and you feel at your uh, core, mm-hmm. you're meant to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I do, I don't want people to think that it was just depressing all the time, but I did slowly get these little signs along the way when I was really down, yeah. um, that were kind of validation moments. Could you tell us about one? Can you think of one now? Uh, Early on meeting Pete Fisher, who was the general manager of the Grand Ole Opry, who is Uh now um, over the ACM awards, uh, the Academy of Country Music. He took a chance on me in 2015, started mentoring me in 2014. And that was a bit, I mean, the Grand Ole Opry is such a huge Mm -hmm. deal. And uh, just to have his insight and he felt like I, was on the right track, but just needed some time to kind of incubate and figure out who I was and let me play on the Opry in 2015. I've now played almost 50 times. Um, But I mean, having like those early on Leslie Fram at CMT, the next woman of country movement, Uh um, Sirius XM, the highway, they came in very early on and helped me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was a backup singer for Lucy Hale um, from Pretty Little Liars, all these different things that weren't exactly the record deal, which is what I wanted, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they were little stepping stones where I was like, okay, well, these all feel like they are uh, something. And they're building a career of being a musician. So it's like, you know, there's ambitions to have what you have now, which is the dream. But then there's also I am sustaining myself as a musician as opposed to taking other full time work, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure. Yeah. And I, I never I am lucky that I never had to really. I had odd end jobs, right. but I didn't have to have that real talk with myself of should I go to college because I never did mm-hmm. um, anything like that because I was able, even if it was playing for tips at Puckett's grocery store <laughs> or uh, the listening room going and I remember every week I would go burn CDs at, uh, I would go buy blank CDs at Staples <laughs> and my keyboard player, she and I, uh, her name's Elise we used to play these rounds together and we would just burn these horrible ghetto looking CDs wouldn't and just write our names on them and yeah. sell them. And they would kind of like help float us a week, you know, another week. And uh-huh. she and I, like that was your merch. Basically. Yes. And I mean, they were awful looking. I actually just found some when I was cleaning out one of my drawers this past week. And I was like, Oh my God, I used to it was sell live these. recordings. They were just recordings I had done throughout the years. Uh-huh. Um, I, took out a loan at one point in between the record deals and just couldn't afford it, but asked a friend, cause you meet so many producers and things like that along the way. And he cut a few songs on me cause I was continuing to write. Um, mm-hmm. and then just sold them. It's awful. I know they're out there. People probably have them and they're just, <laughs> ghetto. Back to yeah, exactly. I'm sure I'll see one like on eBay or something. Exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. Some, so often in here, I feel like we get stories where it's like, Oh yeah, I did this and then I did this and then it was like boom. Right. You know, and of course the hustle is still such a huge part of it, but I wonder if, you know, because of internet and things that it's can sometimes be less so. And so an artist will all of a sudden become, you know, a a popular, you know, working artist without having to go through that grind. But I'm sure you probably feel like 
it's really a helpful thing and makes you feel kind of more grateful and more like and ready. ready when you get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's path's different. And of course, so many rise quicker than we all think. And some sustain, some don't. But I do, from my own personal journey, feel like it was so key and so meant to be that I did not get everything I wanted at 21 and yeah. had to take those five years that really did almost kill me. I and mean, I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I think that's where my love of red wine happened. But I was really depressed, but I look at those years and it sometimes brings me to tears because I'm just like, oh my goodness, I needed that. That was so needed. And I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm why this wasn't happening but there was such a bigger plan that was mm-hmm. yeah coming and it's good material for the songwriting right. for sure i mean also it's all material it's all my single yeah. that started everything i mean that song came from a place of feeling like i couldn't move on from a relationship mm-hmm. and now i'm like thank you for the song <laughs> exactly <laughs> so how did the next record deal happen well you're talking about things just clicking yeah. so busby my producer he's kind of done pretty much everything right now he's kind of on fire uh-huh. he did the Marin Morris record he did uh, he wrote Holy for Florida George Line worked with Keith Urban um, wrote things for Pink he's just everywhere he found me through my now publishing company BMG they signed me in 2015 and they were like we're wanting Busby and us to work collaboratively on uh, a project he's new to town this is before Marin came out um so I was like, Busby. And I got online and I looked at what he had done and he had written Try for Pink. And I was like, he's a pop guy. I'm country. <laughs> I don't know about this. So I went over and wrote with him and a girl named Emily Shackleton. And we wrote a song called You Know Where to Find Me. And that's on my album. And I remember being like, uh-oh, I think he gets what I do. I think I finally <laughs> found my match. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. That said, yeah, feeling. I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is it. Yeah, And... They signed me. I was his first developmental country artist. And uh, over the next two years, we just acted like we had a record deal. We <laughs> did a photo shoot that made me look way more glamorous and like <laughs> I had way more going on than I did. We had the support of people like CMT and the Opry and Kelsey Ballerini taking me out on the road before awesome. I had a record deal. You know, just these little assets that were helping to build a little bit of momentum from, yeah. from, for me. Uh, and then Sirius XM, because they had... You know, it's interesting. I'd put out a couple of songs to SiriusXM. None really hit, but they were a fan of what I did. So I felt like I had an um, an indoor to always play them music. Uh-huh. Played them a group of five songs that I had taken around. Busby and I had taken it around the month prior. Everybody kind of passed on it. I remember somebody telling me, you know, what song out of these do you think is special? I was like, I think every little thing is special. And they were like, it's not going to cut through. You have to you have to be weird, is what I was told. And I remember just thinking, weird. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this anymore. I was kind of at the end. Yeah. And uh Sirius XM, they heard these this group of five songs and we had this up tempo song that I didn't write. It was the only one out of the group of five that I didn't write and that was the one that we thought was like this the single that radio would what want. Was that one? Um, it was called Think Like a Man, and it never even oh. made my record. So <laughs> shows you how much yeah. things can change. Uh, and he heard, the head of XM heard every little thing, 
and said, that's your song. I'm putting it on the highway as the new highway find, which is where they um, showcase new artists. And he goes, I'm going to make it a highway find in three days. And as an independent artist, the way that they monitor that is through iTunes sales. Mm -hmm. I had no cover art image. (laughs) I had no publicity in line. I mean, I was freaked out and I cried and I was so upset because I was like, they're not giving me a fair chance to make this work. So we literally only released it to iTunes because we were so scared. I was like, I just want, if I'm going to be able to get any kind of traction off of this, I just want them to have to buy it and like not be able to find it anywhere else. (laughs) And literally he put that song out and he looked at me and he goes, are you ready for this song to change your life? And I looked at him and I was like, I hate you. And I, I mean, we were friends and I was like, you're ruined. Like, it's a heartbreak ballad by a female artist that nobody knows. And it's got like the most bare production ever. Yeah. Within two hours, Scott Borchetta at Big Machine. It was like it came out and the whole town started to like bubble uh, overnight. And I was there. I had put out so much music. I had been to everybody in the industry. And I'll never forget that night. I went to dinner and was like, what is happening? And I'd always heard about those moments where it's like an undeniable song. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard about it with Cruz with Florida Georgia Line and my church with Marin. And I was like, what is happening? And next thing I know, two days later, Scott Borchetta from Big Machine is flying across the country to come home early to see me sing at the Opry. Oh and my God. What was mo- happening when you were at dinner? Like, what was it? Like, were you seeing like numbers Other, of something? I was like seeing emails press? coming through from labels to the highway. I was seeing... So many, I didn't ask any of my artist friends, like, hey, can you post about this song for me? Yeah, and but all they were. of them were. And other artists that I'd never met were posting about it. And uh, just people were messaging. It just, I don't know how to explain it's it. It's just like, is it a, just a momentum thing? There's like a tipping point and then it's just carrying itself? I think this song came out, I think it's like a mix of, it universally spoke to so many people. Uh-huh. It sounded different. It cut through on the radio. And mm-hmm. I think that people wanted something raw and real. And for whatever reason, the timing of it was was right for people to really be able to hear it. Mm-hmm. And it just started selling like 6,000 units a week. I and I was independent. That. Yeah. And we That's were... crazy. I became one of the, the highest um, or the most successful highway finds that they've ever had. Wow. And wow. It's also fascinating because I think we're a little less familiar with this way of something blowing up. Like I think... Country has it such its own like way of of doing things. Like I feel like a lot of times it's a video that'll go viral or it's something on Spotify, and you're not even talking Spotify or video. Like hardly any publicity or images. What's so amazing about the way that it happened for me is it was completely driven by country music listeners. They changed it. They awesome. started my career. So, awesome. so organic. It's it was. The best. Right. It was radio. So right. organic. Like- it was. Yeah. It was satellite <laughs> radio just coming out, and the fans. There is no. And I mean, that was why it was so terrifying. It's like you can't. Um, there was no way of like going in and manipulating the system or trying to buy people to yeah. sign. Right. You know, nothing like that. And not saying that that's ever the case on any other platform. But this is just a raw, organic, real. Because I've seen, I've had songs that didn't work, and I remember being like, "Oh, well, okay, good to know." But the yeah. people spoke up, and so wow. in a lot of ways, country music fans gave me this chance. Yeah. Totally. When you're sitting here surrounded by billboard charts and you were number one on a billboard chart Mm -hmm. that's good (laughs) that's a good sign talking about signs (laughs) things are working out yeah (laughs) yeah and in 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 a month's time i went from 
crying, thinking, this is it, to signing my record deal to leaving on my radio tour. And in one year, had a number one. It's like, what? I mean, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter if you have spent one year hustling or 10 years hustling, 20 years hustling. It can change in a moment. I mean, in a literal moment. On the way to dinner. Right. Right. It's cool to like be able to pinpoint it so exactly. Oh, I I remember where I was sitting, (laughs) where I was. And I was like, what is happening? And I was like a beat down dog that didn't believe that people really were ever going to give me a chance. So I'm like reading it. I'm like, there's no way this is real. You know, I'm reading all these messages and seeing all these things coming through. And I'm like, (gasps) and I I mean, I still am kind of like, what did it really, you know, you see your album. You're like, what? That's amazing. Yeah. And I guess it was, he was saying it should be something weird. Mm -hmm. And I guess the sense that it was so stripped back and like, uh, you know, sort of minimal ballad is different. Right. But I think that was also, and it's fun to see these people now that passed on it because they're just like, (laughs) Like that, uh-huh. and then I'm like, hi, yeah. little sheepish nod. But the thing is, nobody knows. Nobody no. really knows. No. We're all human. If We're it all was trying. Seems like he knew then that. everyone would do it. it. Seems like he had some kind of intuition there. But he, he was passed like, on it. He was telling me. He was like, "This isn't weird enough." Like right. in, in other words, but then he's like, was, "I'm going to put this out in three days." That guy. That so guy. that was a different guy. Okay. He he says the minute he heard it from the downbeat, you know, because it's got that drum intro, mm-hmm. and he was like. Uh, and he said, he said, I literally was just hoping and praying that you weren't going to mess it up when you came <laughs> in. He was like, because the production was so different from anything I'd ever heard. Yeah, oh, that's cool. So, yeah, we laugh sometimes. I'm like, you remember when you told me that song was going to change my life? Or he'll send me a text and go, told you. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Love that. So now you're going on these massive tours. I start. I cannot believe start I start tomorrow? the first one tomorrow. Oh, that's after so crazy. We, yeah. With Blake. With uh, so we do live with Kelly and Ryan tomorrow and we jump on a plane and I make it in time to uh, sound check in Tulsa for the start of the Country Music Freaks tour, which is Blake Shelton, myself, Trace Adkins and Brett Eldridge. <laughs> oh my God. It's normal. No Are you deal. ready? Are you physically and emotionally ready? Yes. Okay. I'm, uh, <laughs> You're so like, if the point of this is anything, it's that I'm ready, ready. now. <laughs> I'm so ready. Yes, I've had many years of cleaning toilets to think about all of this. Uh, yeah. 50 times at the Grand Ole Opry, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm right, right, right. Mama is ready. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, just to continue the moments where you go, what? This year, I'm touring with arguably four of the biggest country artists and country music tours that you can be a part of. Um, starting out with Blake Shelton, jumping on a few dates with Thomas Rhett on his Life Changes tour, spending the summer with Rascal Flatts on their Back to Us tour, and then finishing up uh, with Luke Bryan. And I will, in one year, have started in clubs with Brett Young this past year and end in stadiums with Luke Bryan. That's that's amazing. (laughs) Good for you. Dream big, guys. You never know. I, f- I feel really inspired right now. Totally. I need to like go home and do something after well, this. I just want people to something know for myself. my whole mission. I feel like when you get a little bit of, you know, just a little taste of success, you immediately just say, oh, yeah. Like you don't want to tell the, the bad that happened. And so I've been very transparent because I want no matter what you do in life, no matter what you're chasing after or what you what you're going after, just to feel empowered by my story, because it was over for me. I mean, people told me to move home mm. and I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I just kept working. You can't sit stagnant also. You have to just right. keep reinventing and trying to get better. And yep. I still try to do that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that you can you can do it. Totally. 
Just drink you wine. did. Yeah, just yeah. drink wine. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so if fans want to find you this year, there will be many opportunities. All, all, all the tours. Over. Just all the tours. CarlyPierce.com. There you go. And the album is awesome. Thank and you. And it's out and about in the world for everyone to listen to. And Carly, thanks for coming Thank on the show. So thanks for having amazing. me. I remember deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.